a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Racer X podcast show. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. My name's Steve Mathis, as usual. Uh, Racer X Online, thanks to those guys for running it. Check the archives out if you want under Steve Mathis Show. There's three volumes of archives with almost a, a ton of guys in the sport. And somehow, amazingly, none with the guy I have on the line right now. And uh, the podcast presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, Running Fox, just some of the guys out there. The 2016 Flex gear is out now. The limited edition gear is out. Go to your local dealer and dig it up, and uh, foxed.com, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate, like I said. So with me on the line, former uh, factory Suzuki rider, Yamaha support rider, and uh, a guy that's uh, had some really good results for many, many years on the Nationals and the Supercrosses, Scott Burnworth. What's up, Scott? How are you, man? How's it going, Steve? Glad to be on tonight. Yeah, thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, no problem. You're the marketing manager and a man of many hats over at Maximal Oils, uh, which is, you've always worked with Danny and Ronnie over there uh, for a long time doing stuff, but now you're officially like a full-time guy, I guess. How do you like it? Yeah, I actually, uh, I used to work there uh, probably about, uh, it was probably about 10 years ago with, with okay. Dick Lachine, um before, or actually Danny was there too, and he was uh, in another position. Uh, so I, I did the work there a while back then, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know I, I pursued something else uh, after that uh, for a few years, and then uh, just uh, it's been a year now. I came back um, since Danny's taken over, and uh, kind of got it back in there and. Uh, doing my thing there with those guys is pretty cool yeah really and maxima is such a strong company like i'm always talking to danny about it like it's almost like i mean you guys need to advertise and that's part of your job and everything else but the name maxima is one of those brands that that just it just is quality it's been around forever it's great stuff uh it makes your job a little easier huh yeah exactly i mean it, it's it kind of you know i'm really tight with it because you know i've known dick and and ronnie mm-hmm. you know i grew up with those guys racing minis that's how i uh met them and all that so i knew them before they were even doing the oil and we were you know we used to go over there i used to spend the night at his house mm-hmm. and, you know we'd go riding and he was a little bit younger than me but um you know so it's a long history with maxima and I, and we used maxima when i was at suzuki and you know my my mechanic used it and, mm-hmm. and all that, so it was pretty cool. And uh, you guys are doing mountain bike stuff now. You're getting in the mountain bike world. You're getting the car racing. Lots of yeah, uh, expanding. You know, all, yeah, all cycling and in you know pretty much high performance auto mm-hmm. uh, products. I mean you know drag racing, uh, dirt dirt car racing. You know all kinds of uh, high performance uh, racing. It's pretty pretty neat. Also, too, I always I always tell people this like. 
down there at Maxima, down in El Cajon in San Diego. Um, you're in El Cajon, I think, or where are you? In Santee? I don't, I don't know. It's if, in Santee, yeah, yeah Santee. right next, next to, to it. El Cajon. Um, you guys work four 10-hour days I and with Friday, yeah. Friday off. I always Every company should do that. They should really think about it. I like that. You no, know, actually, actually, I work three days a week. Like I work at home uh, Monday and Friday, um, so I just work over the three days. So it <laughs> nice. gives me a little break from that. It's yeah. it's actually pretty cool, though. You know, um, uh-huh. you know, you, you figure you're going to you're going to go to work anyway, so you might as well be there for ten hours. You know, yeah. And, why not? You know, have that one one extra day off on the weekend. It's pretty nice. You know who likes that day off? Huh, Burnworth. You know who likes that day off? Oh, yeah. The dogger. The, the dogger. <laughs> uh, I think he plays uh, golf every single Friday. Yeah. I, uh, one of my favorite people around, Ron Lachine, of course, uh, whose father started it, and uh, and Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie does rider support, right? Works for some teams, yeah, things like that, that's right? correct. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the stories that Danny tells of Ronnie and uh, trying to get him to, to do the orders and do the work is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> He actually so, does pretty good. I'm, you know, uh, uh, he he's not in the same building as me, but right. I, and I don't see him that a lot during the day because he's across the street. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he does a good job over there. You know, he he has his uh, little uh, uh, you know job over there yeah. and, and does a good job. Yeah, he uh, he's a character man. He's a good dude. And and when you take him to the trade shows and stuff, people don't even want to talk about oil. They just want to talk about. Cowie and, yeah. and RJ yeah, exactly. and everything else. Um, you know what's lost in your career a little bit? Uh, again, nine podiums, second overall in the 83 250 Nationals, uh, a shit ton of top 10 rides in, in all classes. What's lost in your career, I think, a little bit, and I knew this, but I don't think people know, you're in the El Cajon zone. Like, you're one of those yeah. members. You're a member, but no one really brings it up. Like, they say, Glover. Johnson, Lachine. I've even heard like, oh, Brooks and yeah. Craig, El Cajon, you know. But you, yeah, t- yeah. you too. Although you were a little bit, you know, you were like Jeff Ward, Brian Myerscoff era, a little before, a little exactly. after Glover, right? A little after Glover, yeah. and a little before RJ and, and Lachine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we all grew up right, you know, within about you know ten miles of each other, and there was all kinds of tracks around here, and you know, I was a little bit younger than Brock and. Uh, you know, actually, uh, I hang out with all those guys pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, Rick for a long time, and we'd go riding a lot when, you know, he was riding support. Uh, we were riding for Yamaha, I think, and mm-hmm. we'd, we'd always, you know, coming up, you know, we'd go riding, practicing a lot, and then, uh, you know, when it started getting more serious, we probably, you know, we separated a little bit. Right. And, uh it was cool, though. You know, you could always go to any track and see the guy out there, you know, Brock and mm-hmm. Rick. And, I mean, there was lots of other guys, too, but um, definitely a good place to grow up. Yeah, and uh, and at times you had to be either Team team RJ or Team Dogger, right, because they didn't get along. And Dogger told, yeah, me, exactly. to, Dogger told me some stories where they'd go to the same practice track, but they hated each other's guts. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been yeah, like I said, there was there was a lot of, like, kind of off-the-wall practice areas mm-hmm. uh, back then, you know. Right. You didn't have to go to Paula. You didn't have to go to all these, the main tracks. And you just have, you know, they're more, I don't know about f- private tracks, but, you know, they were just kind of made-up tracks, motocross tracks out here and there. Uh, but they were pretty bitching, and guys would, you know, show up there at any given time. Right. Yeah, like it can't be 
it can't be a coincidence that so many of you guys, and even like Brooks and Craig after that, came through. It's not a coincidence that you guys all got fast and factory rides and won races and everything else. Like, it must have been an amazing area to ride, and it must have, you know, you guys kind of fed off each other, and you had, look, you know, you were had Brock to look at, and maybe Rick and Ronnie had you to look at, and so on and so forth, right? Yeah, exactly. There was just so many guys down in this area. I mean, there was, you, you forgot about Marty Smith and Tommy yeah. Croft. True. And those yeah. guys were yeah. huge, and and they they were all, I mean, they weren't right in El Cajon, but it just, I mean, we're talking like 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you had, you had Carlsbad, you had Saddleback that was also close. And, and back then the, the competition was just, I mean, you go to Carlsbad and it would look like a national. It was like, you know, right. uh, 20, I don't remember how they were long motos, but there would be 125, 250 and 500 pro uh-huh. at a CMC race. And there'd be, it'd be stacked. They'd probably you know, 30 guys <laughs> yeah. in each race. And it was like, you know, like that was such good training for growing up and then going on to the next level. It was right. just, that's well, why so many guys out of SoCal did good, I think. Did uh, Was Glover always cool with you and helping you out and all that? And, and Marty and those guys? Or like, did they kind of? Yeah, totally. Yep. Brock helped me a lot because, you know, I was younger than him. And, you know, I came from... Uh, I came from Suzuki, uh, like support, and um, I actually rode like my first nationals, you know, Suzuki support, and then I got a works bike for the last few races, and I did pretty good. And and uh, the next year, for some reason, I wasn't—I don't know—they weren't going to give me a ride. I was going to, you know, be support again or something like that. So, you know, I had been talking to Brock because I still, you know. I I mm-hmm. rode with him and, mm-hmm. and and stuff like that and uh, so I think he put in a good word for me at at Yamaha and Kenny Clark and uh, he kind of he helped me out a lot you know through my career. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good to hear. And uh, and like and like I said, at times uh, with RJ being no doubt the best rider in the world and dogger fighting, it probably got interesting also in in El Cajon Zone. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like a yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, hey, uh, some stories for sure. Oh, I know. I've heard some of them. I've heard some of them. Uh, they fought over a girl for a little while, and God knows what else. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's like I said. Like I don't know if people realize that you were just in that mix, just as much as all those guys. Um, when you, so like I said, you kind of you kind of came out with like Wardy and Myerscoff and these guys. Were you always? As an amateur on Yamahas, did you did you kind of like, no actually uh, like yeah early in my career I was on Yamahas then I switched to Suzuki I switched to R and D Suzuki hmm. um, I think okay. it was in seventy seven or seventy eight mm-hmm. uh, I think it was seventy seven and um, yeah that was that was super cool times because those things were like they yeah. were like the satellite team for Suzuki right. Um, as far as the minis and Dean just uh, built some incredible bikes. I was like, th- like I posted the other day, someone posted some old <laughs> photo from 78 in pocket city. I mm-hmm. said, this is like the best mini that I ever rode in my you know, <laughs> right. career. It was like the, the thing had Elsinore forks, accurate rims, <laughs> you know, handmade pipes. And the thing was just like incredibly flat, fast. Right. 
It was crazy because we just I just talked to Buddy Antonez on one of my shows too, and he started talking about his bike, and this would have been '88. You know, uh, you know, ten yeah. years after you, and R and D was still going at it and still making these these RM eighties that were incredible. Yeah, I think for about a, a decade there, they were pretty much owning the the mini uh, races with uh, you know Suzuki, and then you know Suzuki kind of pulled out after a while, and I think he was doing some other guys, you mm-hmm. know, some Yamahas and stuff like that. And yeah, Dean was just like a magician with uh, the engines. So were you running with Wardy and Myerskoff? Were you beating them? Were you guys all pretty equal? Who else was well, in that I mix? Kinda, yeah, I was kind of in back of them, you okay. know. Um, they were, you know, obviously super fast. Yep. So, you know, I got a lot of seconds and thirds. thirds. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I was got, glad well, when they, they moved up. Mm-hmm. Well, you did get nine podiums in the in the pro class, so it, it continued the seconds and thirds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So Yamaha gave you a pro ride then when you turned pro they they gave you some support like like you said through Glover yeah yeah, yeah in yeah. 1981 um, it was funny that was my first factory ride and um, I don't I don't know how much you know Brock had to do with it or right. whatever but um, I had talked to Kenny Clark and that, back in those days it was like you know agent I didn't I didn't yeah. have no freaking agent <laughs> right, you know right. and he's all yeah uh, let's come up here to Yamaha you know whatever you know, come up and we'll talk about, you know, a contract or something like that. I'm all, oh, shit. You know, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and here I am, like, with a team with, you know, Bob Hanna, yeah. Rock Glover, and Mike Bell. Yeah. And and I go in there, you know, I'm scared stiff. You know, uh, Kenny Clark, he, he you know. I, I, I just he knew photos like, of him. Yeah, I didn't really know him at all or anything. But, yeah, I've seen photos. He yeah. looks like a, he's got the beard and the glasses. They're very burly. He like Yosemite Sam pretty much. <laughs> and then, yeah. No, super cool guy. But, you know, I mean, he could he could be a, he could be mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, here I am, you know, uh, young kid just. You know, I come in his office and I'm like, you know, I'm like sweating. Right, right. <laughs> and we're talking and talking and, you know, I can tell, you know, he, he's kind of lightening it up and he's all, he was really impressed by, uh, I, I think it was at Washougal or something like the year before. Mm-hmm. And I stayed on the same lap as like Barnett and those guys. And he was like so impressed with that, <laughs> you know, because like it was like yeah. I think I got I don't know maybe a sixth or something right. like that. Right. And uh, he's all, yeah, you know, he was all pumped on that. I'm all, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right, and right. Um, so yeah, I ended up signing my first factory ride uh, on a Yamaha. And I was, you know, it's just so exciting. I'm here with, I'm looking up to you know Bob Hanna. Brock Glover and these guys that I, you know, idolized, and yeah. now I'm on the same team with them. Yeah, and, uh, it was just incredible. Yeah, really, right. And that's again, Yamaha had works bikes back then. Um, they weren't in the production rules quite yet. Um, yeah, they went in like '82 or something, '83. And also, though, but at times, Hannah, what was Hannah like? Because this was starting when he was brawling with Yamaha. They put him down on the 125 class. And yeah, the you bike. Know, I, didn't, I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't hang up. Bob kind of, like, stayed to himself. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, and, like, if you were racing with him, he wasn't really your buddy. Right. Uh, but I actually have to say, like, later in my career, I mean, you know, maybe because I wasn't always such a big threat to him, and mm-hmm. he was always really cool to me. Yeah. You know, he's like, I can vividly remember, like, uh, one Supercross, um, 
and you know how we'd, you know, there'd be a gnarly whoop section. Guys would just, like, pull over and, like, yeah. they're looking. It's not like now, you know, you have to go out there. Right. But, like, the gnarly whoop section, and then there was, like, a real uh, real big double right after it, after you got to the whoops. So mm-hmm. you had to just pin it to the whoops and just nail this, like, th- this double. It was so far. It was mm-hmm. just insane. And... You know, everyone's standing there, like, who's going to do it and who's going to do it? So I blitzed through there, and I just went for it. I made it, and then I saw him later, He, I, or I pulled over, and he's all, he's all, fucking Burnworth, man, you got the biggest nuts or something <laughs> like that. And it always stuck in my, stuck in my head, because, like, here's Bob Hannah yeah, yeah. saying, you're the man. I'm like, right. that was cool. In, uh, in 81, your first year at Yamaha, it was all... One only one supercross or two? Well, two. What happened? Did you not make them all, or did you get hurt? No, uh, you know that was when I first started, and I don't think I rode every one. They kind of just stuck me in just there wherever they could. Yeah, uh, yeah. And back then, you know, it was like they. Here I am, you know, my first supercross, and I'm racing against, yeah. you know, the best guys in the world. And yeah, you're like, you're what eighteen? Yeah, you're eighteen, yeah. nineteen, yeah. Or whatever. Right? Yeah. 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 And you were just lucky to get in the main, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. yeah, I've heard a lot of stories. Like, you guys, Dogger and you, and so many dudes just thrown to the wolves. There's no support class until, you know, 85, 86. And it was just like, here you go, kid, sink or swim with, you know, real men, like gnarly 25-year-old men that made their living from this. And uh, you had yeah, to figure exactly. it out, right? It was, yeah. just, it was really intimidating and um you know, it was hard to get your confidence up because you'd have, a, you know, you get a good, eh, you have a good heat race here and there, and then, you know, you go out in the main event and get, you know, fifteenth or yeah. something. You're like, fuck, yeah, you know, what am I doing? Right, right. Yeah. But lots of top tens, tough. lots of top tens in one twenty five national zone eighty one. So yeah, I had some yeah. pretty good rides up and down. You know, mm-hmm. um, I always did better at the at harder pack tracks, and you know, imagine that coming. Imagine that com- yeah, coming back coming from uh, San Diego, um, Palm yeah, Avenue, exactly. yeah, Palm Avenue and, and Carlsbad, um, and then yeah, eighty two they move you to two fifty class Supercross and Motocross, and that's the year that I guess they put Hannah down on twenty fives. Um, yeah. So I guess I mean again, like you probably weren't really ready for two fifties, you know, but. That that's it. Not too, really. Yeah, too I bad. really wanted to ride at one twenty five and um somehow I got stuck in the two fifty class and you know, I had some decent finishes here and there. Um the bike was, you know, pretty good, but yeah. you know, I don't know about compared to the Hondas, you know, they were pretty pretty good yeah. too. Wow. And uh I I never got a chance to ride one but yeah, that's one of my questions coming up here shortly about a Honda. So that's yeah. one of my questions. Yeah. Um, so in 83, you go to Suzuki. What uh, did Yamaha not want you? Did Suzuki make you a better deal? How'd that, go, how'd that work going to factory Suzuki? You know, um, I, don't, I don't really remember, but the boss at Suzuki, I was always really good friends with him, Toshi Koyama. Oh, yeah. And when I was riding the minis, you know, we always just hit it off. And the guy, we really, you know got along great and he always liked me and everything and you know somehow i got a you know i got a chance at, at suzuki and you know you know i did decent in 80 82 and they offered me a ride uh for suzuki and and i took it because you know i just i just wanted a, a change and um yeah. the, I, I knew the bikes were pretty good and um yeah, so they gave me a shot, and um, that yeah. ended up being my one of my best years. So. Was uh, was Kenny Clark pissed? 
No, I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> I don't even recall like ever really talking to them again. I, I, I don't remember if they were going to give me a ride yeah. or it was more of a Suzuki thing, but I really wanted to go to Suzuki at that time right. um, just because of Tosh and, you know, I'd known him for so long and, and he was such a cool guy to me, you know. Dude, I think he's still there. Well. I think he's still there. No, no, he passed away, actually. Oh, okay. Not that long ago then. Or was it a long uh, time ago? No, you oh. know, it was funny because I, every... Till up a couple of years ago, I still got. We still exchanged Christmas cards. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw him, but I always got a Christmas card from him, and I always sent him one. And and then finally, you know, he passed away. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He was there yeah. for, forever. It was. Uh, it was he cool. He seemed old yeah. when I knew him when right. I, on, a, on a mini bike. <laughs> right. So, right. Like, and when when <laughs> I first guy. when I first caught on the scene in like '96, he was around and he was old. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. So. The, the, yeah, so you jumped to Suzuki. You're riding 250s full time. Uh, your teammates with the bomber, though. And that, yeah. did you ever? He's a man of few words. Uh, he'd go to Alabama and ride his balls off. But did you ever yeah. hang with him? How was your relationship with him? Yeah, no, I, I, we got, we got along great, you know, because it's like, you know, I'm a mellow guy and mm-hmm. he's a mellow guy, and and uh, you know, we we were kind of from, you know, both sides of the coast and kind of different upbringings yeah. and, yep. and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't hang out back there at his farm or anything. I got to go back there a few times, um, back in, uh, um, Alabama. Wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's where it was. And, um, yeah, we went back there a few times when we were at some nationals and, uh, we stopped by there to do some testing, stayed a couple of days and it was pretty cool. I mean, the guy was just an animal, you know, that's I, what I never I hear. really trained. Right. Trained with him much, but you know, it was always him and Leon Wallach from from ERG, and it's like, you know, they're they're out in the dunes doing like an hour, you know, run in the in the sand, you know, <laughs> it's like right, you know, yeah. And he, I he, trained a lot too, but it was like that guy just was over the top. I've know? heard I've heard stories of people going to his farm in Alabama, and there were just Suzuki's up against trees everywhere. And it was like he ran out of gas, and he would just lean against a tree, and then he'd go get another bike. Yeah, we, I went to that same place, and he had like a little, he had a little shed. We were there, and it was super cold. And we <laughs> would test, we'd do like a couple laps, and then we'd pull in and go into this little shed that had a heater in it, and mm-hmm. like all the guys are in there. So we'd change something, and we'd come back out, you know, do a couple laps, and like <laughs> it was gnarly. <laughs> yeah, he he. Uh... Yeah, like I said, he's a man of man of few words, but he was insane according to everybody that ever was around him as far as training. And you know, he retired pretty early. I think he just burned himself out. I think he was just like, I'm. I worked that hard yeah. for that many years. You know, I, I think so. I think you know, in that case, you know, back then it was like not a, not like nowadays. It's it's really calculated now. It's like we just go, you know, how long you can cycle, how long you can run. <laughs> right. like, I ran for. I ran for three hours, dude. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just no, nobody, yeah, nobody really knew what was going on. And the funny thing is, around here in the alcohol zone, it was like, you know, you see Brock out riding. We used to we used to cycle a lot. Like we were really into cycling, you know, back then. And uh, me and Rick and mm-hmm. uh, and 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 Brock and some other guys, and we go on some. You know, pretty good rides all the time, and uh, yeah, we definitely push ourselves. You know, 
some guy, you know, beat you one day and you're like, oh, fuck, you know, I got to go out and train some more, you know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was more about cycling than uh, than uh, motocross, you know. Yeah, no, really, right? Um, and this, so 83, you get second in the Nationals. Uh, Hannah probably was better, but he got hurt. But you beat RJ and Lyles and uh, Bailey won, and you got a ton of top fives. Um did you come close to winning one? Do you remember one that Bailey took snatched away yeah, from you there, or something? There or? was a couple that I I won uh, like in Gainesville. I won the first moto it was me and Keelan, um, like to the last lap, and then uh, um, I ended up winning that moto. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, I'm ready. This is it. Mm-hmm. And then the next moto, somehow I I crashed and I tore my, I tore off my my clutch like fingernail off my, oh, my finger yeah, yeah. and it was like super painful and uh, I don't remember what I got but mm-hmm. yeah I was just pissed I was like you know I had it mm-hmm. I had it you know and it was so close right right and uh again like deep field Hannah RJ um yeah Lyles and, so. and another one comes to mind was Washougal I had that one I was gonna win the overall I, I don't think I won any motors I got like a two uh-huh something and and then the last moto um rj got me like on the last couple laps and and i lost that one so ah damn it (laughs) right yeah um and then some good supercross results too right like you where were you practicing supercross at you know it's funny like back then it's like everyone has their own dedicated supercross tracks now yeah and and all that you know we would you know at least I didn't, you know, we didn't have those back then. It's like, you just go out and, you know, ride some motocross, you know, it was like, yeah, uh, that's why I asked. It was, it was crazy, right? Actually, it was, yeah. um, uh, Rick and Brock had a track made. It's, it's actually about five miles from my house here uh-huh. in Hamul uh-huh. and they build it on the, it's called a daily ranch. And, oh, um, yeah, RJ said something about that one time. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even remember what happened that I think they went in together and did it because mm-hmm. they were both on Yamaha then. And, um, they did that for a, a couple of years and, uh, it was pretty secret. I don't, it wasn't even used that much. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I never rode there, so. Um, did you, how was your relationship with RJ and Glover uh, these years when you were on Suzuki? You still cool or everything, or were you guys like, yeah, like you no, said? Yeah, we're all cool, you know. Yeah. It's like, I guess, you know, when you're not right there banging with them, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, they're okay with it. But, you know, when you're taking them out and, because I know Brock and Rick and all those guys, you know, they, when you're hammering for wins, I mean, yeah. You know, you're not the best buddies. Right, yeah, I know exactly. Um, and 80, so yeah, you have a good year in 83. In 84, you come back. When I think of you in 84, almost every magazine photo has you up front. Like, you were a good starter. Were you always a good starter? I, yeah, I was always? I was always a good starter, and I, I, I think that might have hurt me in the end, you mm-hmm. know, because I always got up front, and then, you know, I had to pretty much hold people off and, and uh, whatnot, and... Mm-hmm. I didn't have to fight through the traffic and, and, uh, you know, maybe I didn't, you know, I didn't do as well because I, I, I didn't do that growing up. You know, I always had good starts. So, right. uh, I think it hurt me a little bit, but, uh, it was fun. Um, 84, this was a brand new bike for Suzuki. And at 
the early supercrosses, the gas tank was down in the airbox, and Barnett hated this thing. Did you yeah, like it? No, no, that that was '83. Oh, was it? And, okay, uh, all right. Yeah, that was '83. And uh, yeah, our supercross bike had the airbox up where the tank is, and the and yep. the gas tank on the side. And uh, the thing was super trick. I mean, you look at it. I I, I wish I would have had one. Yeah. Still yeah. These really. Days, but. Um, it didn't handle that great, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had some troubles with the handling mostly, and, you know, I think uh, I think Barnett actually rode his outdoor bike in the Supercross for the last half of the Yeah, he, um, he, he hated it or I something. I kind of stuck it out. I okay. mean, the thing, was, the thing was really fast, you know. It uh-huh. just wasn't super good, you know, coming out of turns real quick and all that and, and handling really good, so... You know, you might get off the start good, and uh, but right. it was it was kind of hard to handle. The idea of putting the weight lower—that's a good idea. It just didn't work. Yeah, I thought it was a great idea. If you remember the Hondas, um, I think a few years before that they had that gnarly gas tank. Yeah, the low boy, like the low big, boy gas tank. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always thought that was pretty trick. Right. So you stuck it out. You you weren't allowed to change probably because you didn't have national titles like Bomber. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't. You know, the bike was okay. You know, it wasn't that much different. And uh, you know, I had I had a few good finishes here and there. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the bike was fast. And you know, the bike yep. had, I think, it was pretty close to the same motor that the outdoor one had. And that thing was just crazy. You know, just right. crazy fast. Hey, thanks for listening to the VTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, and probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it 
it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, key for reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Did you have a three-year deal with Suzuki or did you re-up after 83 or after 84? No, I in let's see in eighty three. You got second, and then I, I think I just I you know I I can't recall if yeah. I had a two year contract or a one, but you know after I did good in in eighty three, I you know I signed yeah. on for another year. Right, and that actually that year was when everyone went back or Suzuki went back to production bikes, and the rest of the guys had works bikes, and that was like. Yeah, not <laughs> what good. What are we doing now? Right. You know? Well, and like you were, you were one of those guys, and um, Kehoe was one of those guys, and even like today, I went out with Mickey Diamond, and he talked about getting off a of Honda onto a Yamaha in '88. Um, there's a ton of you guys that were great riders. That the, there was such a vast difference in bikes, basically Honda and everybody yeah. else, right? Like. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it, I mean, we all kind of, you know, wish we would have rode Hondas at that time. I, think. I know, right? Um, you had to do it money. And, and it yeah. seemed like, and yeah. it seemed like anybody that they kind of put on a Honda, like, yeah. especially in the 125 class, you know, yeah. it's like, here's your bike. <laughs> okay, I just won. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, you got Holland. You didn't. You you know, Holland. They, they were all good riders, no doubt. Yeah. But um, no, Holland. You know, I think Mickey yeah. came off a Husky. A, you Husky know, a 500. Husky and, and yeah. Yeah, onto a Honda in, in one. So, um, yeah. And George Holland, well. George Holland races for twenty years on a Suzuki 125. Switches to Honda and wins the title. <laughs> yeah, oh, ironic. Huh? Yeah, I mean it's just. And then like, uh, and okay, so Suzuki's weren't bad in '81, '82. Bomber was doing pretty well, but by '84, '85, you're still on Suzuki's. They're not that good anymore. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I had a. I actually have a few broken collarbones <laughs> you know after a couple of super crosses i you know ended up going over the bars a few times in the whoops and mm-hmm. um you know the su- suspension in the in the rear was it was not so, so progressive mm-hmm. i think so yeah. it was either you know you're bottoming out and going over the bars or yeah we're going to make it work good in the corners <laughs> so choose your weapon right right and I mean, again, you you know, your the 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 worst handling of a motorcycle. It's more affected on the bigger CC. So two fifty, you know, the one twenty five guys may be fine, but 
national wise, but then you, you know you're probably struggling a little bit out there and because uh, of the bigger motor and things get exaggerated, you know. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a little tougher, um, you know. And then I think all the other guys were riding works bikes that night. That, yeah. uh, so you're just you're kind of mentally defeated <laughs> at the starting line. Only you know you're on a production bike yeah. and the rest of the guys are on a works bike. Dude, you take an '85 RM250 and you line it up next to an '85 HRC works bike, and like yeah. that's not even that's not even fair. Yeah, exactly. You should have you should have uh, got on Doggers uh, 125 in '85 <laughs> and been like, wow, you know, like so. So you never had a chance to ride his bike or anything like you said that earlier. Like you never. Um, no, I, yeah. I never got the chance. I was. Kind of wanted to try Dude. a Honda just to see. Can you imagine? You, you know, what it was like. Yeah, you know, never... <laughs> but didn't happen. Mm. Uh, in '86, you uh, you got so you, I guess Suzuki didn't renew your contract after '85. Yeah, uh, that's correct. You yep. had uh, tenth place in motocross and ninth place in supercross, which is pretty solid. You got yeah. national number eighteen from that. And uh, so, did you get help from Yamaha to be a privateer that next year, or why'd you go Yamaha? No, um, actually, that's kind of when Brock helped me out a little bit. I think. Oh, okay. And they were looking for a 125 rider. Yep. And um, and I kind of wanted to go back down to to 125. So, you know, I talked to them and and we worked something out. And um, yeah, it worked out pretty good. You know, I I didn't have the best. Um, it wasn't the best results that year. Mm-hmm. I could have done a lot better, but. Um, you were no, you, you did have time. the you did have the black setup from Hallman. That looked pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, I, I still get a lot of people say, Oh God, I remember, you know, you wearing the, the yeah. black gear and it was like, you know Yeah. I know it was it was definitely something and Anaheim and, and whatnot. And then you um at Suzuki you had gear gear, right? Did you wear gear? For yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was uh, let me. I can't remember. That, that's John Ayers. It was like John Ayers. I yeah, I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't get. I think I was on JT, and then John. You know, he's like, ah, you know, I don't want to. You know, he's got. You know, yeah, Brock and all these guys paying a lot of money, and like, I don't know, he wouldn't give me like a certain amount. I'm like, ah, shit, you know. Right, so right. Then I was kind of looking around, you know, and um, so actually, I think a few guys. Wore gear that I think Holland actually wore gear that year, and yeah, um, it wasn't bad. Right. I mean, it was like you know, a little different. <laughs> yeah, no, it was <laughs> for sure. That. Yeah, um, and being a factory rider or, or, or not factory, in '86 you're now a privateer on a Yamaha, and um, no, '86 I was a factory rider too. Oh, you were? Oh, okay, yeah. Factory, yeah. So factory yep. Yamaha. So people remember you from uh, trying to uh, mess with Johnson at A1. And yeah. and then later on, I never saw this, but apparently at Phoenix, you tried to rip him off his bike. <laughs> oh I th- no, I think that was Ronnie. Oh, was that Ronnie? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, because I was, I think I was in the lead or something, and and uh, we were coming around like the start finish line, and you know, you could, like cut it. We were going really fast or something, and, mm-hmm. and there was like one big groove right in the center, and I don't know, I think he came on the inside of me, and, like took me out or something, so. I, I think we were coming off the track. I rammed into, into his bike or something. And then, uh, and, any, and in '86, yeah. RJ did kind of do you dirty in Anaheim One. Yeah, you know, there's, <laughs> there's two sides of the story, I guess. But you know, it was the second turn mm-hmm. after the start. You know, I was right up in there. <laughs> I had passed who, 
Someone got the whole shot in the first corner, mm-hmm. and then I passed them right there, and uh, I was in the lead. And then uh, coming into the next corner, there was I think it was a triple after that corner, so you had to kind of get a run at it. Yeah. So I kind of squared it up, and here comes RJ in the in the inside, just going way too fast, and like took my front wheel yeah. out. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, I haven't seen it for a while, but it was. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was it was a little dirty, no doubt. I had a good picture of it somewhere, and my my face was like half in the dirt. And my <laughs> my feet were in the air. It was, it was yeah. not funny then. Though. No, no, I bet. And so yeah, so you kind of he came around to lap you, and uh, and you were just kind of jacking with him. Which again, yeah, I think you had a right to be a little pissed. For sure. Yeah, I, I was pretty pissed. You know, I you know I was down for like a like a lap almost. And mm-hmm. Like when they came around, you know, I didn't really have much to much to uh, lose then. So yeah, yeah. I'm like that motherfucker. You know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna like help. You know, <laughs> I'm <laughs> not like I'm gonna help Bailey, but I'm gonna. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm just gonna you know slow yeah. down a little bit here and there. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Right. Um. And then, hey, you told me one time you went to GPS that year, right? Later that year, or was it the next year? Um, no, that was um, in '87. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and you didn't last that long. Did you, how how was it? Didn't you write so, a... so no in in '86 uh, uh, I was with Yamaha, and then I I didn't get a ride after that. Mm-hmm. So I went to I actually bought a Honda uh, <laughs> right. 250, and I took it up to Mitch Payton. Said, "Oh, bring it on up. I'll you know hook it up for you." And uh, I did that and. Built me a really, really good uh, CR250. Right. Thing just ripped, but you know it was the only bike I had, so I didn't want to thrash it too much. You know, practice on it, right. so I didn't really practice that much. You know, so I show up in Anaheim, you know, in my van, and you know, and my buddy, you know, working on my bike, uh-huh. and and, uh, and I just went for it, and I don't even think I made the main that year. I was just I felt kind of uncomfortable on the bike. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. Was super fast and everything, but I just didn't feel comfortable because I don't, you know, I didn't have a lot of time on it. So um, at that race, the importer of KTM from Spain mm-hmm. was there. They were looking for somebody to go uh, ride in their uh, national championship, the Spanish national championship. And somehow they, you know, they came up to me after the race and they wanted to talk to me. And so me and my buddy, you know, we met them at some hotel and they barely spoke English, you know, it was like, you know, they, they want to hire, you know, American to go over there and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So we worked it out and, uh, I went over there for that year and, um, it was, a, it was a great time. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, it was right out of Barcelona, about 40 minutes inland is, was the little town of Manresa. And um, I lived there in the little town. It was super cool, like an old European town with the cobblestones. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my own little apartment and whatnot. And and uh, so we did the national uh, Spanish. championship yeah. of Spain. Yep. And then a few, we did a few GPs um, where we kind of just drove a couple of GPs. And, um, yeah, that was a little rough. I think one of them was, it was in Belgium, like a sand track, and I was like, you know, it was just like bad weather, you know, <laughs> yeah. four foot whoops. And I'm with, you know, some guy that doesn't even speak English. And I'm just like, what the hell am I doing here? Right, right. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, that was, 
very fun in that respect. But it, running the Spanish national championship was cool. It was like, you know, there was just a couple of fast guys and, you know, we went to some cool places all around Spain. And, you know, I got to know, you know, a lot of guys down there. They're really, you know, good, good guys and everything. And um, I had a good time. And uh, and so you rode two fifties GPS a little bit or one twenty five? Yeah, yeah. So this would have been yeah, like I think Gabor's was in the class that year, in eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. You know, if you look at your results as as a factory Yamaha rider, like you didn't do a whole lot of nationals, but you were top five like uh, five times. So like it was. I don't know yeah. if you got hurt, but you know you only did six races. I did. Yeah. I actually broke my collarbone five times oh, on geez. the right side. Oh my god! <laughs> and no plating or well, what? There was no such thing as a plate. No. No, it just—I don't know. I just always grew back, and yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean uh, repairing it? No, yeah. no, they never repaired it. I, was just, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's right. fine. You know, oh, it's better now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's nice and thick now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so eighty-six, yeah, you would have been teammates with Storbeck and Holly and Glover yeah. and you. It was a big team. Um, yep. Bowen, oh Bowen, yeah. There was a, yeah. Back in those days, there was a lot of support guys too. So they right. have, you know, yeah, uh, they have, you know four factory guys and then, you know, six yeah. support guys. What? You know, same with Honda. Yeah. Um, Was it, uh, wasn't Bob yeah. Oliver your mechanic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. 86. Yeah. yeah. Good old Bob. I worked with him at Yamaha for years. Love the guy. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's great because I, I go to the Supercrosses and I still talk to Keith and mm-hmm. Bob and, you know, all those guys, they're still there. It's just crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah, no doubt. So after 87, you were done? You just figured, I'm I'm out, like it's not going to happen? Or did you keep trying yeah. again? Or you, were... uh, you know, I uh, I took a break, and I was supposed to go back to Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I said, oh, I'm going to go, you know, home and take a break. There was like a break in the races or something. And, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll be back, you know. Mm-hmm. And at that same time, I still had the Honda back here, and there right. was like an ultracross or a Mickey Thompson race at the Coliseum, uh-huh. and I went up there to race that, and um, I was going, they had this lo- long, long straight, it was just like, as far as the, you know, Coliseum goes, with yeah. like this big kicker right in the middle of it, so you're going like 70, <laughs> and I don't know what happened, I was just, you know, hauling ass down yeah. there, and, and I just... I launched it and I just lost it, you know, and I just about ripped my leg off my, you know, my hip. And, um, after that, I was just like, I'm fucking done. Yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm just done. I'm, I'm, I was burned out. You know, I was like, I'm done. This is it. Did you, you know? did you race jet skis or did you just work a jet pilot? Cause that was kind of the next thing I no. saw you at. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of the next story. It was like all this time when I was racing over there in Spain, uh-huh. um, uh, we had kind of, well, let me back up my, my good friend, Phil Johnson, um, in 86, we went over to bear sea mm-hmm. to the, to the supercross and, you know, he, he went as my mechanic, yep. took care of my bike and whatnot. And, um, <clears throat> so the riders, they call them, they call them pilots yeah, over there. Right. So when we got back, you know, they started, you know, getting into jet ski thing and, and, you know, developing this jet ski race where, you know, they were right. wearing football jerseys and all this stuff back then. And right. like, you go, hey, hey, what about, you know, making some really cool, you know, you know, bright neoprene, yeah. you know, race suits for jet skiers, you know? It's yeah. like, oh, fuck, that's, that's fucking bitching because yeah. we're all moto guys. You're all, yeah, that'd be, that'd be totally hot. So, right. yeah, they were, they were trying to get me to, 
Yo, go quit racing, dude. Come, come, come and work with us. You know, well, let's get this thing going. You know, so they kept bugging me, bugging me. So, you know, after that that race in L.A., I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> time to go to time to go to work. Let's go to work. Right. Let's go to work. You know. So I um, think I put a little bunny into the deal, and you know that was kind of when I started my working career. Hey, at at the peak, Jet Pilot was a big company, a really big company, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was so fun back then because it was like uh, it was kind of like the early days of motocross. It mm-hmm. was like we had a team of like five guys, you know, and we, they were just all decked out, you know. It was it just like you know it was so new and fresh. It was just like, oh my god, you know, mm-hmm. it's like day glow everywhere. And, you know, these guys just look so good out there on the water, yeah. their boats and everything. And, you know, they got, you know, everyone had their own, like, character. It was, like, yeah. super cool. Yeah, Fischetti and Rippin Kroger and Jacobs. And they all had, yeah, they all had personalities. And you all kind of got to know these guys, you know? Exactly. Um, and then, too, like like you said, like, it was the coolest stuff around. You had to have Jet Pilot if you were into, into Jet yeah. Skis, which my brother yeah. was massive into him, and I, I rode him a lot, too. But, <laughs> um, you know, he had to have uh, had Jet Pilot, too. So Yeah, I actually, yeah. Rode, I actually raced a couple of times. Did I you? had an X2 yeah. and uh, raced at the World Finals a couple of times here and there. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just rode for fun, you know. Yeah, that's the one with the handle, moto, moto handlebars on. It was sit-down, right, Cowie X2 or whatever? Right? Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. that funky little. It wasn't yeah. really a seat, but yeah, you <laughs> kind of stood up on it. Yeah, it was a little yeah. more moto, right? A little more moto-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess what Jet Pilot just closed doors when the recession hit and jet ski. No, stuff? actually, we actually we we were doing pretty good. Uh-huh. And it actually, um, the owners of O'Neill Wetsuits. Um, oh, okay. Uh, actually, bought it. Oh, and, nice. Um, Actually, the jet pilot was doing really good back then, and, and after they acquired it, um, I don't think they were doing very good mm-hmm. as far as surf in the surf market. We were still doing pretty decent, but they just, you know, they weren't into it because it didn't have the O'Neill name and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we ended up taking it back. Some uh, A Japanese guy actually bought it. Oh, cool. And, um, Brought it back. And it's still going today. It's still going today. Um, it's going on in, down in Australia, and um, it's still going on here. Oh, that's it's kinda, more, yeah. you know, wakeboard and uh, water sports right. um, compared to jet skiing. But That's got to make you proud to see it's still going on and Jet Pilot's still out there, right? I mean, you were there at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty cool. It was good times. You know, we, had, we did a lot of fun stuff, you know, we, you know. Mm-hmm. The photo shoots and and you know I I was tight with all the the writers and yeah it's funny because I was listening to the your podcast with uh, Vanilla Ice yeah or, uh, the show the other night and um, we actually sponsored him when he was racing jet skis and I got to know him pretty good oh that's cool I got to go down to his house and hang out with him the guy's super actually did one of his <laughs> if you look up his one of his albums I did the artwork on his CD. oh really. Yeah, it was uh, Roll Em Up. Uh, oh. I think that was the name yeah, of it. Yeah. It, was, it had some good songs on it. Was he was he any good at jet ski racing? Yeah, he did pretty good. I yeah. think he rode the, like the pro runabout. Right, right, and, right. Um, yeah, I think he did pretty decent. Um, and you had Dogger in the ads, too, because Dogger, Dogger didn't ride a lot those days. He trained a lot on jet skis. 
Yeah, exactly. There was there was a little uh, kind of a pond. It's not far from Maxima, and yep. guys would just go out there, you know, after work, and like it'd be like a national out there. All these guys, you know, freaking, you know, drinking beer and you know doing right. a couple of motos on the jet skis. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to. If the water was good, Dogger wasn't motoring. He was getting on his boat or the jet ski on that day. He was not. No, he no he he didn't he didn't ride uh, motorcycles. <laughs> no, no, I know. He just had to to make a living. Other than that, he really was into jet skis yeah. and, and boating and everything else. Well, that's cool. Uh, before we wrap it up here on the Racer X podcast with Scott Burnworth, presented by Fox Racing. Um, what was your best race? Do you think? Do you have race? I mean, I know you talked about that Washugo race. Um, where RJ got you, but is there one else? Is there something else that stands out that that you have? Remember that one day where you were just uh, oh, on geez. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I do. I mean, it was at the USGP at Carlsbad. I remember this because I we had our Carlsbad reunion um, about a month ago. Okay, and uh, I was remembering this, and um, I was in this 250 support class, which was pretty stacked. There was right. there was Brock and Bailey and all these guys, and and I lived at that time. I lived like uh, probably about 10 miles from there in Encinitas, so right. I I, st- I lived there for a couple of years, and um, so I rode at Carlsbad a lot, and mm-hmm. I I just had that place dialed in 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 the practice. Um, I ended up having like the fastest time of like anybody. Oh really? Oh geez. In the five hundred yeah, yeah. and everything. <laughs> and um the first moto I came out and I and I won the first moto. And then the second moto I got a little bit worse start and and someone wheelied through a puddle and it was like <laughs> it just like showered me right. and if you remember back then, the, the JT gloves were like kind of leather, like coat skin, I think. Yeah. And the water got in there, and it was just, I mean, it was like grease in there. And I couldn't <laughs> hold on. It was like, oh, my God, you kidding me? Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was a good race for me. Sure. That's what kind of stands out, you know. So this would have been like on a, you were on a Yamaha then? That was 82. Oh, 82, 82 yeah. Yamaha, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lackey was there, and and all those guys, Malerb and those yeah. dudes. Um, and you were fastest in practice. Jeez, wow, nice. Yeah. Um, man, I I uh I never being Canadian, I never really made it down to ride Carlsbad. Um, we came down in the early '90s, but didn't go down to it or didn't think about it. But obviously, with all the history it has and everything else, I was I, when I worked at KTM. Uh, Tom Moen took us there testing one day, and of course the riders hated it. Right? You had to you had to yeah. You had to have a special love for for um. Exactly. For Carlsbad. And I was like, at the end of the day, I put on a helmet and boots. And I'm like, I got to ride this track. Even just, you know, I put gloves on. I'd like, uh-huh. I got to do like two, three laps on Carlsbad just to say I've ridden Carlsbad. You know what I mean? Like the freeway yeah. and the devil's drop and everything else. So, yeah. um, you know, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. The funny story is like uh, it, we've been doing it about um, four or five years now. I started like a thing called Carlsbad MX Reunion, and it was just kind of fun. I go, hey, it'd be kind of cool to do after the San Diego Supercross. We got, you know, a lot of the big-name guys over there. Maybe I can get some guys to come up. And just guys, if you race there, you know, a lot of people, you know, race mm-hmm. there and grew up there, and there was the GPs there, and there yeah. were some big races there. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, let's just get together at a brewery and just, you know, have some fun, you know. And you know, here we are, like, four or five years later, and, um, 
you know, we're getting like this year we had Garrett Wolfsink come over. It's like, oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's yeah. crazy. Like the king of Carlsbad. It's right. Like, it was so exciting for me. You know, I, I looked up to those guys when I was a kid, you know, in the magazines and um, to have some of those guys there was just. And you can still really you can still see the track a bit, right? You can still see some of the track. Or um, there's not much. No, there's oh, okay. not much there anymore. Right. It's kind of built up around it. Um, the the office buildings and whatnot. Right. But um, another story is uh, back. I think I think it was 2007. Uh, it was like uh, a year after Marty passed the Marty Moats passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, about 15 of us gathered there on new year's day and we were on all on pit bikes mm-hmm. and part of the track was still there the start was there you know we kind of figure out you know some of the parts of the track were still there so <laughs> yeah, we yeah. go we're going to go down there we're going to do like a couple laps and blast out because you know we're going to get arrested yeah it's going to be trouble you know? right yeah so we ended up going down there probably 15 guys and um and all of a sudden all these like in like spectators and stuff is like <laughs> friends of Marty's from you know no fear and all these guys and and I think he knew the cops because they were just like hanging out just like ah. you know looking the other way yeah, for a little yeah. bit they knew what we were doing and right. it was kind of a tribute to to Marty Moats and uh, oh that's cool yeah it was, yeah. It was really neat. if you look on YouTube I think it's still up there and oh this guy's fun to he watch. filmed it nice nice. Yeah. Um, well, hey, Scott, thank you. Uh, thanks for doing the uh, Race Rex podcast. I, I appreciate it. Nice trip down memory, oh, memory a, lane. Yeah, had a good time. Uh, no problem. Anytime. A nice career. Uh, like I said, so many top tens in 125s and 250s and, and factory rides and everything else. And, uh, and yeah, it was really nice. And obviously working at Maxima now, so uh, that's cool. And um, thanks, man. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Steve. All right. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of 
the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger Rhyme Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.